0: We're so glad to have you back for another edition of The Rockcast, a podcast made by Rockhurst University students for Rockhurst University students and anyone who's interested in life at Rockhurst. This has been a crazy week on campus as a snowstorm caused two days of classes to go virtual only and it being just a few days before spring break, many students took the opportunity to get to their spring break destinations before the storm hit. That being said, it's just me today. My name is Sydney Truesdale, a senior nursing major from St. Louis and a frequent ROCKCAST host. So, with all our regular cast members unavailable today, this will be a special Women's History Month edition of the ROCKCAST. Today we have an interview with a recent Rockhurst graduate, Ashley Nybert, who overcame some unimaginable challenges to transfer to Rockhurst and get her degree. As you'll hear, while at another school, she got the call one night that her family was in a serious car accident and was being life-flighted to a hospital. Ashley had to move with her family from Colorado to Kansas City to help them recover. But there was another challenge. Ashley was going legally blind. She chose to help her family and continue to pursue her degree in chemistry despite not being able to see. She talks about how Rockhurst professors worked closely with her to help her finish her degree. And she even went on to get a master's. Talk about women's history. Today, Ashley helps create accessible curriculum for schools and invents practical learning activities for the blind and visually impaired students. She has some great stories of the things she gets to do and how she's a mentor to many young blind students. She's truly making history and we couldn't be more proud to say that she's a Rockhurst graduate. Before we begin, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, comment, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to watch us as a Zoomcast, you can find us at youtube.com slash rockhurst talk. If you have any questions or topic ideas or are interested in becoming a guest host, send us a DM on Instagram at Rockhurst University or contact us through rockhurst.edu. With all that out of the way, let's get to the interview. Here's our producer, Chad Snar, with Ashley.
1: We are pleased to be joined today by Ashley Nybert of Independent Science. And she is a lead curriculum designer there for blind and low vision students. And Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today?
2: Thank you, I'm doing very well.
1: Excellent. Now, you're a Rockhurst grad, and let's back up a few years. And how did you end up at Rockhurst?
2: So I ended up at Rockhurst. I had started out going to University of Northern Colorado, and I was a transfer student because my family was in a terrible car accident. I was not. They were going to my family's Uh, a great aunt's birthday party and they got in a car accident and people were like flighted out. And so I moved in the middle of that because I had been, I'd stayed at school to do my finals. And so they all had concussions and they couldn't handle the altitude in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so I moved with them in order to help out because there were things like they'd forget they left the stove on and a pot of water is next to it or the door was unlocked. So I moved with them to work with that. And I knew Rockhurst was a good school to transfer to because um, we've had several generations of my family have gone to. Rockhurst, like my, my grandfather actually taught there for a while. So. Oh,
1: wow. yeah. And then, uh, so how did your family come out of that? Is everyone okay?
2: Yeah, everyone is okay now. Um, it just took a while. There was physical therapy and appointments, but everyone's pretty much back to normal for the most part. So that's, okay. that's very good.
1: Yes, to say the least.
2: It was scary. I got a call in the middle of my church group, and so, yeah. Wow.
1: Well, uh, the challenges didn't stop there for you. Can you kind of talk about uh, your time at Rockhurst and and what you kind of had to endure there?
2: So, at the same time that was going on, I was also going legally blind, and um. So, I was trying to figure out how to do that. It had kind of started while I was at Northern Colorado. I started getting more light sensitivity, stuff like that. But um, the vision didn't really start going as much until later. So, I thankfully had some blind friends and knew that I could ask them for help, learned about using a white cane, how I could interact with science, started learning braille. I practiced my braille by incorporating it into my school notes so that I could get faster. So yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was well worth it.
1: Okay. So you were a chemistry student, is that correct?
2: Correct. Okay. Yes.
1: So, can you kind of talk about the challenges you had there with, um, you know, the visual impairment because reading, you know, pH stuff and, and things like that? How did you how did you manage to get through all that?
2: So, there is a piece of technology that my company makes. It's called the Sci Voice Talking Lab Quest. And it's a talking data logger and recorder. And so you plug in various meters, like pH meter, temperature probe, and it speaks out the data points for you. And it also records it so I can hear an audio trace of the graph. So that's that's super helpful. And then um, Rockhurst is really good about having professors that care about their students a lot. So I did a lot of office hours with professors and trying to make sure that I got everything together. Um, at one point we were trying to figure out, cause I didn't know enough braille yet in order to do some of the chemistry problems. At one point they had me working in one of the, uh, the labs and uh, there was like one to two letters on each page and they laid out like the entire question and it's like three pages worth of lines long and I'm standing and looking down at it reading the question and I'm like, okay, the answer to that is 60, <laughs> so. Um, and then uh, we, we had, uh, we, yeah, um, Dr. Morehouse in the chemistry department was especially helpful with that and she did a lot of help with coming up with different research ideas that we could work with and that was a lot of fun because it helped kind of reignite more passion with going into the curriculum design Uh, and we were designing accessible um, like pre-lab activities and so the students do activities where so like we did these little pop beads to help figure out limiting reagents so if you had ones that represent like one color represented hydrogen and one represented oxygen you could put them together so that you had a tactile idea of how much water you could make out of that and which one which element you'd run out of first, which is your limiting reagent. So we designed some of those. Um, We worked with the Missouri School for the Blind, some with that, and uh, that was fun. We went over there a couple times, and uh, Father Lewis, who worked in the history department at the time, he's now stationed in Rome, but uh, he helped out with getting drivers and things like that so that we could go and work with them and then we set these up and they actually still use them now for the sighted kids that are doing the curriculum at rockhurst
1: wow that's amazing um so as you are completing your degree uh students themselves uh any student has a a variety of challenges to finish uh their degree and uh considering all you've been through and the adjustments that were being made to help you um your challenges were much more significant one could say so yeah and i
2: didn't make it easy at one point i took 18 bits of only chemistry and the professors oh were jokingly betting on if I was going to die by the end of the semester. Oh
1: my goodness!
2: It got close. It was touch and go there, but <laughs> I oh don't no. recommend it. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I
2: managed to get on the honor roll, so I must have done something. Hey,
1: that's fantastic. <laughs> so what, what inside you motivates you to work so hard and be so diligent in, in completing these goals?
2: So when i was little my grandfather always read me the little train that could and this is my grandfather that worked at rockers because i had some vision problems when i was a kid too i had a a surgery that was supposed to fix them and they came back and so that's what happened with that And but um he always read me that and that was my favorite book because he always told me you could be like the little train that could you might be small, but you keep working at it. And eventually you'll be able to do things that no one else can. And that was something that was always really important to me.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. So you, you earn your degree and how do you end up at Independence Science?
2: So that was actually really awesome. Because when working with that program, so like I said about starting to lose my vision some while I was still in Colorado, I had a professor there who he looked, he he was like, okay, well, you need to wear sunglasses now. And it doesn't mean you're blind, but you're like a blind person because I had Polarized sunglasses and was wearing lab goggles, so it made everything look like rainbows. So I was working like a blind person in a lab, even though I wasn't legally blind yet. Uh, so he had Googled blind chemist and came up with Dr. Kerry Sapalo, who had founded Independent Science, and he is a blind chemist, and he helped me out with that and so I kind of kept in contact as I was trying to go through things and got some advising on that and then saw my work criteria and asked if I'd want to work there. So I really appreciate that. I've still been with the company today, actually.
1: Great, okay, so uh... Can you kind of talk about what it is you do there? Your your title is Lead Curriculum Designer for Blind and Low Vision Students, but there's a lot more to that. Can you kind of explain that?
2: Yes, there is a ton of stuff. So one of the things that I do is I help schools to make their curriculum more accessible. So one of the things that I've done is, you know, those water tornadoes that you make as a kid the ones that have the two bottles you put together and you can see the little tornado well those aren't super fun if you're blind or low vision because you kind of feel it move a little bit but you largely have no idea what's happening like okay it kind of moved that doesn't give me an idea of a whirlpool or anything so uh, I was asked by a teacher if I could invent something so that blind students could interact with that same kind of thing and we did some trial and error and figured out that one of the things that we could do was take some of those paint buckets from the hardware store those like 10 liter ones and drilled a hole in the middle of the bottom of one of them and used a picnic table to line it up so Um, The umbrella hole on the top, I put the one with the hole on it and then I have three buckets. So there's one collection bucket aligned with the bottom hole. And then the third bucket is full of water. And then if I poured the water into the bucket with the hole and you stir your arm around, then it makes a whirlpool. And then kids can stick their hands into the whirlpool but they can also go under the table and feel it rotate around. And then you can switch out that collection bucket and the water bucket. So it's a green chemistry experiment that you can use that same water again and again. And it was great. The kids loved it. We actually had to tell the children after two hours, okay, you have to stop playing with it right now. We need (laughs) to move on to other lessons. Uh, They wanted to go back to the lesson as their reward. So they're like, if we finish the next lesson, can we play with the water tornado again? So uh, I love doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big part of my job is making different curricula more accessible. And then we also do things like on-site and over Zoom curriculum instruction. So teacher trainings on how to work more accessibly for professors. So things like, what are ways that you can explain a math problem more easily to a student? Uh-huh. And not using words like this, that, there as often. So there's a lot that goes into lecture as well as lab. So we do those kind of consults And then I've also worked with blind students and created custom labs for them to help train them to learn how to do laboratory work. And then uh, they're able to go into their desired fields after that. And then we also do, uh, it's called PDF remediation. So PDFs, they don't naturally work with screen readers. Right. So um, we make that so that the screen reader will read that and have all of the appropriate image descriptions so that um, students can read textbooks and different documents that they'd need for classes.
1: Okay, great. And you said before we started recording that uh, you are in Texas right now. Can you kind of talk about what you're doing down there?
2: Yes. So one of my favorite parts of my job is getting to work with the students. So sometimes I get contracts where I go out to a school and get to teach a class for a day because a lot of blind students, haven't gotten to see blind adults before so they don't really have an idea for a role model and as we know this is really important when you're growing up to be able to see yourself with that diversity and so I got to go and to the Texas school and we did a tactile magic show so um We did some science experiments and then we explained them. So why is it when I put acetone into a tub and give you a piece of styrofoam plate that the styrofoam plate dissolves? And so they're like, it disappeared. It's melting. What's going on? Because I didn't understand why can I stick my finger in it? It's not hurting my finger, but the plate is gone. (laughs) So we were learning about different things like like dissolves like and then um, polymers with diaper fluff where you pour some, you have some salts in the bottom of a cup and then pour water into it and it turns into the diaper fluff. So they put their fingers over the top of the cup and you pour water over their fingers so they know the water is going in. To the cup, and you're not just tricking everybody. Then you put your palm over the cup and flip it over, and they're expecting that water is going to dump all over their hand, and then there's this ball of fluff instead. What? (laughs) So they were talking about it for classes afterwards. We heard at lunchtime like the kids were still telling their teachers about how much fun they had in like first period class. So Mm -hmm. I I love being part of those moments where students realize that they can be a scientist if they want to, and if they don't, they have the opportunity and know that science is important for everybody.
1: Great, so listening to your whole story, um, you know, it kind of starts with your grandfather reading the Little Engine That Could, and here you are teaching kids and telling them, you, know, you can, you can do this. Uh, yeah. How much fulfillment do you get out of being able to, to uh, be that role model that you mentioned for
2: these kids? Oh my gosh. I love my job. <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty much the perfect job for me. Um, there's, uh, yeah, it's, it's still what you imagine in job, like there's, mm-hmm. there's some parts where you're like, Oh, again, but most of it overall, I, I love what I do and it's, I, I look forward to going to work actually. So, yeah.
1: And last question, if you could kind of script the next 10 years for yourself, you know, where does your career go? What would you like to do?
2: So I am applying right now. I got afterwards my master's in curriculum and instruction from Wichita State. And so now I am looking forward to doing a PhD, hopefully. And um, with that, I would work with uh, doing what's called free choice learning. So exploring learning in environments like going to a museum or um, going out to the park and how you can turn that into a learning activity as well as doing things in the classroom. So I want to do a PhD in that, and then I'd like to take that and make it so that science is more accessible for students of all different abilities and be able to do more research into making that even playing field for everyone. It's what I really hope to do with my future.
1: Excellent. Well, best of luck in everything you do. And Rockhurst is certainly proud of everything you're doing and impacting the lives of others. So um, thank you so much for joining us today, Ashley. And yeah, yeah, I'm totally amazed by everything you're doing.
2: Yeah, thank you. And uh, I think Rockhurst had a good thing with that too, with um, pointing out like our service industries and different acts of service and how important that is and everything I think that really helps and there's a lot of things like sometimes when you're doing science you're like why am I taking extra philosophy classes and religion courses but I think that really just helps with a really well-rounded Experience and I've been amazed how often the stuff that you uh, learn in your religions class, like your Christianity One courses, how much that actually is important in real life and coming across it at different times. So, excellent.
1: Well, again, thank you for joining us and best of luck in everything you do.
0: Thank you. We thank Ashley so much for joining us and telling her amazing and vulnerable story. And we thank you, our listeners, for listening. We'll be back to a normal schedule after spring break with the rest of the cast. So for the normal cast, wherever they may be, this is Sydney Trusdale. Have a great week and stay safe.